Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. Who are you? This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are once again mobile in the car, so we apologize for the background noise, or maybe we don't, but uh, it's the best we can do. Sorry, that's just how we do it. Well, I think it's kind of fitting for this one. We're doing kind of cowboy-style West Texas cooking, which was cooking always done on the move, so it kind of works. I can't do I don't have two coconuts to resemble a horse. He, yeah. he has nothing. He has nothing no, for that. I, I've got nothing for your dad jokes. <laughs> so let, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about what, what West Texas cooking was at its origins and, and kind of what it, what it is today and who's still doing it today. Well, and, and I'll even interrupt a little bit and say, what, what are kind of the hallmarks? What would you call something that's West Texas cooking other than in general being West Texas? But what are, what are the hallmarks of that style of cooking? Well, it's not, you know, for those of you that might be familiar with Central Texas style cooking, there, which is an offset cooking, this is a direct heat on coals cooking. And those coals could be just wood burned down to coals. It could be lump charcoal, which we'll get into here in a little bit as well. Um, and a lot of it used to, in its origins, deal with um, quick cooks, steaks. Um, you, you didn't get a whole lot of whole animal cooking in those days because these would be people on cattle drives, and, and they'd stop for the night. They, they would either dig a pit, get, get a bed of coals, and cook something on cast iron, things like that. And I, and I think that touches on it. I think you said mesquite, right? Right. Uh, well, maybe not. I don't remember. Okay. Well, you did now. So okay. uh, say mesquite. Mesquite. Yeah, so one of, one of the big hallmarks is the type of wood. So in West Texas, mesquite is a prominent type of tree. These guys didn't lug around trees with them in the back of their truck wagons or in the back of their wagon trains or the uh, big steer drives. So they had to cook with what wood was available out there. Uh, mesquite is a very interesting type of wood. If you're not from Texas, maybe you've heard of mesquite, but um, it, it cooks differently. It's generally a greener wood. It's not very well seasoned sometimes in the natural aspect of it anyway. Um, and it can lead to a very bitter taste. It really has a, a very significant signature flavor profile when you cook with mesquite wood. Yeah, I would say out of the, the most prominent woods in Texas, mesquite is probably the most flavorful wood. And I don't mean that in a good or a bad way, but as far as the, the flavor that it imparts upon anything that's cooked with it, it is, is more pr- pronounced than I would say oak or uh, hickory or pecan. And it's, um, it, it's also probably the rarest wood used in Texas barbecue, uh, as far as the Texas woods, anyway. Yeah, and it's something you mostly see, obviously, in West Texas cooking. Uh, you know, especially in the older days, you, you do have some of the newer joints now that are opening that, that aren't cooking with mesquite, you know, partially probably because of the flavor that imparts, and it's hard, it's hard to really not have mesquite overpower the meat. Um, but mesquite is what's used, I mean, because barbecue, again, was, was a food born out of necessity of preserving food preserving meat that might be spoiling or on the verge of and so you would you were not going to spend a whole lot of time sourcing a wood for a meat that you're just basically trying to get something out of right purely for the protein and the substance and again as they did these cattle drives a uh, few things around these cattle drives that, that's interesting to me you know when you think about west texas kind of desolate areas there's you know my favorite place in west texas is judge roy bean's place uh out in Langtree, Texas, I think, uh, but it, it is it is definitely not 
you know, scenic in some cases, but in some cases there's great scenic areas out in uh, uh, Big Bend country and places like that. But this is all driven from uh, these these cattle drives, and, and Charles Goodnight was one of the founders of those and really a leader in that aspect. But as you would imagine, if you're traveling with these cows for several days, a week, two weeks anyway, uh, most of this was in a march up to the Kansas City area. A lot of these cattle drives drove up there. This is really the beginning shift of the, the local meat markets serving produce and, and meats that they grew locally to kind of the beginning of boxed beef and what eventually led to the, the popularity of brisket though is the ability to move these cattle to a central area to harvest these in a central area and then to be able to ship them out from there. Uh, so cattle drives really, really made a huge change in how Americans ate beef. Yeah, and in the in the cowboy cooking, it, it was predominantly beef because that was what was really readily available. But you would also see things like lamb and goat and mutton because you know, there were smaller animals that you could break down and cook at a fairly quick pace over over hot coals. And so coals and mesquite obviously are one of the the founding things. And as we talk about chuck wagons, one of the world champion chuck wagon cooks is Homer Robertson. And uh, we've talked to Homer Robertson at Brisket Camp once before. Um, great guy. And it's interesting, kind of a, as a little bit of a side thing, chuck wagon cooking is an actual competition style these days as well. Yeah, and Homer is the world champion, of a several-time world champion. And it's it's a really cool thing if you get a, ever get a chance to go to one of their competitions or if you do go to Camp Brisket one year and Homer's there, um, he, the chuck wagon competition, you have to cook only with food items and and cooking utensils and vessels that were available in those times and so uh, Homer does a chuck wagon breakfast for the attendees at, at Camp Brisket every year and it, it's a really good breakfast it's unique and it's really cool to see something done the way it was done you know 150 plus years ago and one of those things there that you'll see is open fire cooking so um, you know again think about these moving caravans of meat and men and they were not able to bring a barbecue pit with them. They couldn't just tow it on the back of one of their one of their wagons and they because that would be too much weight and too much hassle if it broke down. So they had to cook with what was available. It goes back to the mesquite wood and they would build open fires. I would assume they would have grates that they would take with them uh, to put the meat on the grates. And that's really the, that style of West Texas cooking. Yeah, and, and you still have, I mean, obviously that same way isn't done anymore because of technology advancements and things like that. And health department wouldn't let you do a lot of that stuff now but there are still a number of places that are doing a, a, a form of West Texas style cooking a direct heat style cooking uh, often with mesquite uh, one, we just recently finished up a road trip where we went we try to go to several places that are doing some of this direct heat cooking because we like when we're doing these history episodes we want to have some platform from which to speak that is personal experience and obviously we can't go back in time and see a chuck wagon in, in action or see a cattle trail going on but but we do the best we can to try to have an, an informed view to give to everybody right and and one of those i think most people are familiar with is the cooper's restaurant chain and the, um, you know, I believe they started in Mason was their original location, I think. Yes. But one that most people are more familiar with is the Lano location. Um, and so that was one of the places we hit. I, I've been to Mason before, uh, but we went to Lano this last weekend. Yeah, um, we, we stopped in Lano and, and Cooper's, I, I, th I believe it's been a few years back now, they, they used to do the, you know, the whole burn barrels where they'd burn down the mesquite to coals and cook directly with uh, mesquite coals. 
and they, they've kind of gone away from that in recent years and they're using uh, charcoal now to, to cook most of if not all their meats and I believe they have rotisseries that do cook a lot of the meats but the cabrito that they do is still cooked with the coals. And, and as you talk about burning down to coals so that's that's a big difference and a big thing to talk about too we're not you know again that transition from what was probably true cowboy style which was over an open flame likely um, maybe they did move the coals over and again when we saw Homer cooking he had some fires that were open coals and some fires that were a little different but um, today what you'll see is they will have these giant barrels and they will burn the wood from from fresh wood posts they will burn that into coals and then use the hot coals to cook. And if you've been to Snows, they also do that for their chicken and sausage. Um, they bring those hot coals over, and of course the pork steak, which we can talk about um, in, in another episode, and we will. But the, um, the, the, the effort and the work required is to take wood, burn the wood, also done in whole hog out in the Carolinas, burn the wood into coals, and then you're cooking with just the coal aspect directly underneath the meats. Right, and then you know it's it's been often talked about in, in the whole hog cooking aspects of it. You have the fat that will drip down from that meat, hit onto the coals, give that sizzle that comes from the coals, and and comes up and helps flavor the meat. And so it does it does provide a u- unique flavor profile. There's definitely a different texture to direct heat cooked meat than there are to the offset cooked meat that that a lot of people may be familiar with now. Um, brisket is very very different on direct heat cooking than than anything that you've eaten from an offset. And it's not our, our favorite meat to eat in a direct heat. And, you know, I think the perfect world is a combination of two pits and, again, things that we'll discuss in the future. But um, what, what really works well are pork products in direct heat, in my opinion. You'll see pork chops. That's another thing that Cooper's is famous for, the big chop. Uh, you'll see those items. And, and, again, what it does is that, that direct heat, it gives it kind of a sear on the edge, a char on the edge, uh, but it's able to cook all the way through. Right, and especially on things like pork chops, pork steak, that have sort of a fatty outer edge of them. When you start to get that sizzle and the meat, and, you know, and the charcoal heat coming up, you get a very crunchy, fatty, bacony texture to some of the outside edges of that meat. It's just a really, really good bites of food. So let's talk a little bit again as we as we're making the transition into kind of current version of that. Uh, you mentioned that that Lano switched from uh, wood burning the coals and then taking the coals and burning that under, or putting that underneath the meat um, what what's really that what are they doing differently and, and how do you think that affects it oh, as far as what Cooper's is doing differently I, I think you're not getting that true wood flavor as much as you would if you were burning straight wood down the coals and I'm not sure I do not know if they're using lump charcoal or briquettes because they're if you're not familiar there is a big difference uh, Brian and I were talking about that off mic about the difference between lump charcoal and charcoal briquettes. Uh, you want to explain to the listeners a little bit about what the differences are in those? Sure, and I, and I, uh, I'd done some research around uh, Kingsford and some of the early charcoal manufacturers when they came out with briquettes. You know, the, the, the history of briquettes is they came up with a, actually I believe Ford Motor Company, Henry Ford was involved. Uh, maybe that's something we can do a little sideshow on. It's very interesting to me. Um, but what briquettes do is they give you a very consistent fuel. So as, as you know, in wood, you may get different seasoned wood, you may get different sizes of wood, uh, you, and once you split it, you'll even get different shapes. And I know there's many people, Aaron Franklin among them, that will talk uh, much about the types of wood and how to, how to try to work with wood. Charcoal, on the other hand, is a way to work very evenly and consistently, and you know what you're going to get every time. Uh, but in order to bind that charcoal together, they have to use a binder. 
Um, there's different kind of binders they can use. There's natural binders and there's petroleum-based products, which is where the briquettes originally came from. So they have a negative history connected to them. But lump charcoal is, is kind of, I don't know if it's more in favor these days, but I see more people cooking with it. It could just be um, they call it the Hawthorne effect, what I'm noticing. But it is, it is definitely something that is much better than briquettes. And so lump charcoal is pure wood, pieces of wood. They're all shaped differently, and they're, they're heated and cooked in a, a oxygen-deprived chamber so that it doesn't fully, the, the process doesn't fully combust. And so what you get is you get charcoal, but it's just pieces of wood. And so you do have to fire them up. But once you fire them up, you're cooking with regular wood with no other byproducts. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people, especially you see in the competition world too, with with the lump charcoal, it gives you a more of a wood taste, and there's no there's no additives or no odd taste that you might get from a briquette. Um, so I'm not sure if which one Cooper's is using. If they're using lump, they're using briquettes, but it it does lend a different flavor if you're not using a a purely wood based product. Um, we did go to some other places that uh, are using wood burned down to coals. Uh, one of those is there's a little town, if, if, you, if you're if you taking this little drive out to that Lano area, about 20 miles west of Lano, there's a little town called Castell, and it's right along the Lano River, and there's a place called Castell General Store. Um, you can look it up. Um, Texas Monthly has done a series called uh, Small Town Smokers recently, and they did a video on Castell General Store. That's really good. You should check that out. Um, but we went there, and they do barbecue on Saturdays only. It's a, Again, it's a general store. They sell t-shirts and jellies and salsas and all sorts of stuff but on saturdays they do barbecue and they do brisket direct heat cooked um ribs chicken and pork steak which is again one of our favorite things go ahead brian well and and it's just a really scenic place it's about 18 miles west of lano so you're in that west texas country it's a tiny little town um, great folks out there and um, right on the lano river um, there's some bed and breakfasts. So another thing that's really great, I think, about West Texas barbecue is unless you live in West Texas and there's not a lot of people living in West Texas, West Texas, you can you can go out there and make it a weekend trip and, and go see Texas, go see the country, take a bed and breakfast and eat barbecue on Saturday and Sunday sometimes. Yeah. And if, if you've got young kids or family, um, you know, the river is a great place for to spend time. And we saw groups of kids just playing by the river as we were driving through. It, it's just it's I think a, that's the first scene in a, in a Stephen King novel. <laughs> yeah, something bad. There's a clown about to come out of the water or something. Yeah, something bad was about to happen there. But no, um, we digress. The 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 setting for this place is, is great. It's just very small town, Texas, very picturesque on, on a really nice blue sky day. Uh, and then right outside the general store, they've got, you know, the burn barrel out there that you can see. They've got the warming pit where, you, you know, you, they open up the warming pit. And, and it's kind of a showcase for the meat. It's kind of neat. It's different than, you know, like I said, the Central Texas style where the guy just slices it at the cutting board for you. And I think that leads into one of the other really strong facets or really strong uh, clues that it's West Texas style barbecue is that they present the meat on display in a warming pit. So unlike any other style of barbecue that you'll see in Texas, all of the meats will be displayed out in, the, in a large pit, all the meats that are ready to eat. They'll open it up and you can, you can pick individually. And so as we got our pork steak as an example, we can go through and pick this, not just the size, but the shape and the flavor profile that we think it's gonna have anyway. You know, does one have more fat, more bone? And that's, that's part of the fun experience is that you, you get to see it and pick it and you do that for all of the meats. It's very, very visual, powerful thing when you see that. Yeah. and. and- the, the ribs that are cooked on, on direct heat 
have a completely different flavor and texture profile than than ribs that are going to be cooked on an offset. And we like both versions of that. I love offset cooked ribs with a nice sweet glaze and all that good stuff. But a direct heat rib can be a really cool experience too because you get a really crunchy bark. And, and even the membrane may be crunchy enough to eat depending on how long it's spent on the pit and things like that. But Castel General Store, was it was a really fun stop for us. We really enjoyed it. We got to spend some time talking with Mark Lifesti, who's uh, part of the family that owns the general store. And it's just a, it's a really neat place to spend a couple hours on a Saturday. Like I said, if you're doing a barbecue run, it's worth stopping through if you're in that area. And uh, it, you know, if you're looking to go out and just experience some West Texas time on the river, that's a it's a definitely a good area to to check out. So there's Castell and there's there's Cooper's in Lano and Cooper's in Mason, which we've talked about. Uh, Cooper's also has other locations and outposts. They've got one in New Braunfels, uh, one up in Fort Worth at the stockyards. And, and while they're, some of these are owned by the same family and some of these are not, um, they're also opening up one in College Station. Right, and you know, downtown Austin, I mean, they're, they're, the Cooper's family and the Cooper's brand has, has expanded a lot in recent years to different areas. Um, not to disparage any of those locations, but it, the Lano location to me is, is the best one to really get the full setting of West Texas cooking because you get the you get the actual backdrop of West Texas behind it but yes obviously you can absolutely go to any of the Cooper's locations and still get that same that same vibe you just wouldn't have the geographical setting of it and, and I guess that's a good point to talk about um, what we consider the boundaries of West Texas barbecue because there's a few places where you can have West Texas barbecue that I would not consider in West Texas um, that but it's a good place to go see what that style is like um, as you mentioned I think in Austin they still have the warming pit there too where you can open up and see it but it's definitely not in West Texas. Uh, to me, West Texas starts a little bit west, <laughs> no pun intended, but, but Austin and the Hill Country, Austin's where the Hill Country to me is, really starts being the Hill Country, but it's a little west of that. And, I, and if I had to cut a, start to draw a line, I think Lano would be where it kind of starts was West Texas style barbecue. Yeah, I would say that as well. I think that's accurate. I mean, you're gonna get, I think predominantly more offset style or end or rotisserie cooking any further east of that Lano line, imaginary line that you draw. I mean, even Opie's, which is kind of a hybrid of the two, uh, Opie's doesn't cook, you know, their meats direct heat West Texas coal style, but they do have the warming pits, at, you know, in front of the restaurant, things like that. So there is kind of the aesthetic of the West Texas cooking, but they are more of a Central Texas profile in terms of how the meat's actually cooked and prepared. And, and they cook so so what I like about Opie's is that they're really a, a marriage of those two styles not only do they have the warming pit but they cook with mesquite and so it's a good place to start to really see that transition and Opie's is about I think about 30 40 minutes uh, from Lano yeah. closer to Austin um, you've also got a little bit north I, I would carry that all the way up north maybe to I-20 and then over west all the way to um, El Paso and, and I know another restaurant that you can get to if you want to see this style is hard eight they have some of those in the dallas fort worth area um, but there's a couple of other places out in west texas where you can see the style as well uh, even if it's not full-on barbecue yeah uh, perini ranch steakhouse which is one of the most famous steakhouses in texas if not the country uh, is very very well known for their coal cooked steaks and and you get that sizzle and it's mesquite coal and and, and all that great stuff and tom perini is is, is well known throughout the cooking and you know not necessarily barbecue but just the 
live fire meat cooking community as far as their prowess and that so if you're ever in in that area it's it's definitely a must see and definitely west texas barbecue it's a different style and what's nice is that it is it is a very unique style um, provides something very different and it's something that everybody in texas should explore you may prefer central texas barbecue at the end of the day um, but with so much good barbecue it's really nice to be able to sample and have a true variety and difference in barbecue yeah, and that's that's one of the things that we really are trying to highlight as as we go forward in the show is, and we love Central Texas style barbecue. If you followed us along all these years, you, you were very well aware of that. Um, but one of the nice things about Texas is there are these different influences and these different indigenous people from different regions that that influence the barbecue that's that was cooked there for years and and even still to this day. So we we are trying to do our best to highlight those different areas. You know, Central Texas barbecue is still going to be a big part of our show because it's just such a dominant force in Texas barbecue and in American barbecue at this point. And it's a little harder for us to get out to West Texas. Absolutely, it is. And South Texas for that matter. I know we really want to get back out to South Texas. Joel Garcia, if you listen to this, I know you really want us to get back out there. We, we'd love to come and see you guys and we, we do want to plan a trip down out there, but uh, it's just it's taken us some time to get to all these places. We, we stay on the road as much as we really possibly can without completely alienating our families and losing our jobs. So. So let's talk, uh, kind of wrap it up. I guess we're here, um, not a very long episode, but it's okay. Um, let's talk about, again, what makes West Texas Barbecue West Texas. So number one thing to us really is, is the location makes it West Texas, but you can see West Texas Barbecue in other places. Yeah, and, and of course the, the live fire direct heat aspect of the cooking, um, whether that's the lump briquettes or the lump charcoal or the uh, you know wood burn down to coals, but just that, that direct heat cooking where you get a, a really good sear and crust on the meat, um, whether that's ribs, pork steaks, chicken, uh, what have you. And, and really the biggest thing that, that we see that, that I consider West Texas is just, it's a different, you can almost smell it before you even taste the meat. It's just that different profile than, than the Central Texas or than most of the meats that you've probably eaten in Texas barbecue and it's it's a welcome treat uh, for people like us to get those differences and and hopefully more of you get a chance to go out there and, and try those out and and you're going to get to your point you're going to get kind of that that crust that's not a bark from the seasonings and the smoke it's a bark from the heat and the sear um, another big one for me obviously is mesquite wood it's got to be mesquite wood if it's going to be west Texas barbecue it's got to be mesquite Right, absolutely. And then as far as from a seasoning standpoint, it's a simple seasoning. I mean, the, the, again, this was all born out of preservation, so you weren't going to spend a whole lot of time with exotic and expensive spices. So typically it's salt and pepper. Um, you're not going to have anything crazy funky, and you're, and nothing is going to be glazed. They, the, you know, most of these places will have a barbecue sauce that they'll serve with the meats, but you will not have a glaze. And, of course, we, we almost ended the episode without talking about it. The famous dip at Cooper's, we've got to mention that, Brian. Yeah, so at, at Cooper's, they have a big pot of very thin sauce, and they offer to dip your meat. Yeah, and it's and it's a very unique flavor to the meat. If, if My best advice would be, if it's your first time going to Cooper's, may, maybe get a couple of pieces dipped and a couple of pieces not dipped, just so you can taste the flavor differences. You know, Because you don't want to mask the, the flavor of the meat too much, but it is a thing that's very unique to Cooper's, and you should try it. And then another thing that, that to me makes it West Texas style barbecue is the show pit, the warming pit, where you get to see all the meats laid out and then you get to pick from that. Yeah, definitely. I want, one thing that, and, I, and I, I've got to bring this up because it just amuses us, 
One thing that we saw at most of the tables when we'd sit down to eat, parquet is a very popular condiment in the West Texas barbecue places that we were at this weekend, which is different. And I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really sure what I'd put it on. <laughs> no, I'm not sure either, but I, but I bet you there's some in that dipping sauce. Yeah, I, I would imagine that and maybe some onions and tomatoes and maybe, right. uh, but yeah, it, it's in vinegar for sure. But yeah, it was it was odd to see it on multiple places. We saw just bottles of parquet and, you know, I, it would be good on the bread. I mean, obviously the, the white bread that's, that's ubiquitous across Texas barbecue, you know, plain white bread, that was out there. Um, condiments at the table, you know, that that's pretty normal. Um, and then I think um, the one other thing, I don't think this you have to have this to be West Texas barbecue, uh, but you will see goat cabrito on the menu as well. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean, West Texas barbecue is its own unique style. Um, it's something that there's not a whole lot of unless you're in that particular region. But you know, definitely, if you get over to West Texas, try it out, check it out, and see what it's all about because it's it's part of our barbecue history and it's worth exploring. Yeah, make it a road trip, get out to West Texas, and experience West Texas barbecue. Well, there's our latest episode. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to follow us along on social media, Tales from the Pits on Instagram, at BBQ Podcast on Twitter. If you'd like to email the show, talesfromthepits at gmail.com. And if you're not following us on Instagram, you may not be aware, but we have just released our first shirts. So check out our Instagram, and if you'd like to order a shirt, let us know. We've gone through most of the first printing of shirts that we had, but we're going to be doing a second printing here in the near future. So if you'd like to uh, support some Texas barbecue, support the show, get a shirt, let us know. We will be glad to send it to you. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time.